Seeing Rick reminded me that the question of the missing potassium was still unanswered, and I went upstairs to the computer in the office to do more research on the mineral and its uses. Potassium was the third most abundant mineral in the body, and as an electrolyte, very important to its functions. I read about an elderly woman in Missouri whose autopsy revealed hyperkalemia, potassium overload, and how her daughter had admitted fiddling with her mother's pills in order to inherit more quickly. The case had only come to police attention because the mother had voiced some fears about her daughter to a neighbor, who had reported them to the police after the woman's death. A doctor interviewed by the newspaper had indicated that since the woman was elderly and died of a heart attack, no one would have thought twice about an autopsy if it hadn't been for the neighbor's comments. I sat back and wondered how many other vulnerable people had been killed in a similar way. Could you buy a big bottle of potassium tablets and slip them in with the pills you were giving to a patient who was either too trusting or too out of it to notice? And if so, why go to the trouble of stealing it in liquid form? By the time I finished, I'd learned a lot about potential poisoning, and I was proud of myself for figuring out how to find the information I wanted without illegal means. That night, for the first time, Brody slept on the floor beside Rochester instead of in bed with Lily and me. I felt like I was making progress on multiple fronts. Friday morning, Lily was downstairs and I was up in the bedroom. Rochester and Brody were rampaging through the downstairs despite Lily's pleas to calm them down. Then I heard a crash. Brody! Lily yelled. I jumped up and ran downstairs. She was standing over a pile of broken glass. Stay away from here, you rotten dogs! What happened? Brody knocked down that photograph of us at Bowman's Tower and the glass shattered, she said. Don't just stand there. Get a broom and a dustpan while I keep the dogs away. I hurried to the garage. How did he get up there? I asked. I thought that shelf was too high. Well, you thought wrong. I knew it wasn't Brody's fault and that he was pretty well behaved for a puppy, but he was eight months old and he loved to put his furry white paws up on any table that he could reach, sniffing for food and chewables. He jumped on Rochester when my dog wanted to sleep. His sharp toenails dug in as he climbed over us when we were between him and something he wanted. I was looking forward to his going home something fierce. I could tell that Lily felt the same way. She herded the two dogs out of the living room and I swept up the glass, then ran the vacuum cleaner to pick up any loose fragments. By the time I was done, Lily looked frazzled. I need a break, she said. I'm going to take my camera and go for a drive. And leave me with the crazy dogs. You're the one who wanted to take Brody in, she said. We began to argue about who was responsible for the disasters of the week, and Rochester ran up to the staircase landing and Brody hid under the dining room table. We both stopped at the same time. I don't want to argue, I said. I'm sorry the dogs are going wild. I'll try to tire them out while you're gone. I shouldn't have yelled, she said. I was looking forward to a quiet holiday and a chance to chill after the end of the semester. I know. Things will be back to normal as soon as Brody goes home. I felt like putting up a chart on the refrigerator, tracking the number of hours until Joey returned to take Brody off our hands. Though we were both kind to the little dog, petting him and telling him he was a good boy, he was still a handful. Lily came back downstairs with her parka and her camera bag, and I looked around for the dogs. Rochester was by my feet, but Brody was nowhere in sight. Where's the little puppy, Rochester? I raised my voice and called. Brody! He came trotting out of the kitchen, his toenails clicking on the tile floor. He had the end of a banana in his mouth, holding it like a drooping cigar. Brody, I said. 
Dogs don't eat bananas. I reached down and took it from him, and he wagged his tail eagerly. Bananas are a good source of potassium. Maybe he's the one who stole those vials from Dr. Horse's office, Lily said, laughing. You should see if Joey has had him at the vets recently. Could people who'd brought their dogs in for treatment have access to that storage cabinet? I knew it was in the vet's workroom, as I'd passed the open door a few times on my own visits to the clinic. It seemed awfully risky, though, because what if one of the staff found you there, and you'd have to have a science background in order to recognize the right drug quickly? By then, Brody had curled up beside Rochester, resting his head on my dog's golden flanks. He looked like such an angel that I had to smile. Lily left, and I played with both dogs for a while, tossing balls and tugging ropes. Then they slept. Watching them, I thought, if only Dr. Hortz could give us something so Brody would sleep until Sunday afternoon, we'd be fine. That reminded me that I didn't...